Hey, you know what sucks? Halloween. Yeah, it's not the greatest. I, I have to say, like, my kids love it oh, yeah. to such a humongous degree. Yes. Perhaps their number one holiday, but... That's what makes me not like it. Their joy just makes me angry. No, what makes me angry is the uh, complete meltdown, the inevitable meltdown when they're up late and all sugared up on the candies. The nose candies. Apparently they give out different things in your neighborhood than mine. Howdy, it's Monday, November 1st, 2021, and this is episode 160 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? We are good. Pure skill, yet another win in Ed's 33 pool. That is perhaps the greatest sign of our skill that we've ever found. <laughs> Randomly being assigned a team every week and having three of them so far this year end on 33, though unfortunately only two wins out of them. Yeah, so we have to wait until the end of the Monday night game, which is going on right now, to find out if we get the full yes. prize or if we have to split it, but we're in I'm the sure, money again. I'm sure, even though they're winning and are playing the Giants, who are absolutely terrible, Kansas City will find a way to lose and give up 33. Oh, that'd be awful. San Francisco, I would, I did not think that was a good team to be given in 33, I mean, but they won. They were playing someone who's awful, so. Anyway, what happened in 1860, Craig? This is a very important year. I'm going to read from the AtlanticCityExperience.org, one of my favorite websites, as I've said many times on the show. In 1860, only six years after the founding of Atlantic City, as we've said, school teacher William Dennis built a two-room summer cottage for himself on the beach at Michigan Avenue after relatives caught wind of Dennis's ideal vacation spot. More and more of them came down to visit, forcing Dennis to continually expand the cottage until it reached 22 rooms in 1864. If the name Dennis sounds familiar to you, and you didn't immediately think of <laughs> the Bally's thing that looks like Wild Wild West, but I guess is no longer part of Wild Wild West because it's part of Bally's. That is the Dennis Tower. Except, except, and here's the downer part. William Dennis sold the business to the Busby family in 1867, so he did not stick around for long. And the hotel you know today as the Dennis Tower at Bally's was an expansion of their hotel that was built later on. I won't spoil what year that was, but it's, it's still a ways down, down the road. It's a long ways down the road. <laughs> but it's pretty cool that we still have a tower in Atlantic City in year 2021 that was built before the Civil War, right? Well, at least the original idea of it. Yeah, that's crazy. I... I would actually have to go back to an old episode, which I won't say what number is, and see if we actually talked about that part of the Dennis Tower being built, because we were definitely doing history episodes by then. That's the kind of research that I definitely can't do before we hit record on the show. Do you know what I definitely can't do? Well, for one, build any sort of cabin for myself, and two, in four years, change it from a two-room cabin to a 22-room cabin. I think rules were pretty lax then, yeah. like you didn't need to live up to any kind of fire code think you could just like build stuff apparently right on the beach with nobody saying anything to you about it so i think it's a little harder today but yeah us millennials we're not handy as i'm <laughs> told absolutely not not like that anyway i actually yeah. think i'm reasonably handy but certainly building a cabin is not in my future millennials are killing the cabin industry article in the atlantic anyways 
There was also a shipwreck in 1860 that I guess at some point became a historic site and it's like on some map and divers can go find it. And I didn't think it was that interesting, except the writing in the article from seadiver.net. It set the scene. And by the way, just, you know, you will be confused because when Craig says seadiver.net, I know you have certain like eight letters together in your head, but that is not the site. It is C, the letter C, diver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very weird. That is strange. So the, the article starts with Dateline, whatever, Atlantic City. In their last desperate moments, with winds howling and waves crashing around them, crew members rushed below decks and frantically pushed blankets and bedding into the leaking hull. They hoped to keep steamer Robert J. Walker afloat long enough to make land near Absecon Inlet Light. I'm assuming they mean the lighthouse. But were overwhelmed by the rushing waters of the Atlantic in 1860. So, were you there? How do you know that they were pushing blankets into the leaking hull, huh? Seadiver.net? Think about that. I mean, there are probably ways you can figure that out. Uh, apparently, you can like still actually see the blankets if you go dive under the uh, mm-hmm. under the ocean. So, anyways, <laughs> twelve miles off Atlantic City, twenty-one people died under the ocean casino and resort. <laughs> actually, that was the original ocean casino and resort. And yeah, you, apparently, you can dive eighty feet down. As the article says, in a murky emerald green world. So, uh, I like the writing on the seadiver.net, and it's now my <laughs> third favorite site. Behind firewhatever.com? Yeah, so it's Atlantic City Experience, whatever the fire site is, and now seadiver.net. <laughs> and so I hope we get more shipwrecks. Perennial, do for a win sponsor, fireengineering.com or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fireengineering.com. <laughs> All right, so 1960, there was yet another JFK speech to union workers, this time during the general election, and this time to the United Chemical Workers Convention on September 19th, 1960 at the Ambassador Hotel. So you made a comment that apparently JFK loved coming to talk in AC, or the big unions loved having conventions in AC. In in, in 1960, which, you know, they probably would have loved it a lot more in the Nucky days. 1960, we're getting on towards the whatever national convention that embarrassed Atlantic City. I mean, I feel like in 1960, Atlantic City may have been like a pretty important swing state. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You mean New Jersey being an important swing state? Or, yeah, yeah, New Jersey. Uh, yes, New Jersey voted for three Republicans in a row. Uh, they voted for Roosevelt all four times, which I don't think was that abnormal. But it looked like it was generally very reliably Republican, but voted for Kennedy in 1960. So well worth it. All because of his Atlantic City Union speeches. Also, probably, you know, Atlantic City, just a big convention town. So as it still is today, the biggest, I think, I can't think of another city in the country that really draws conventions the way Atlantic City does. Certainly not another (laughs) casino town. Nope. Nope. I also found a very random concert poster. I don't know why we're even talking about it, except I just found the idea of teen heartthrob Fabian on the steel pier to be very funny to me for some reason. Also, in person, Dwayne Eddy, in person, Betty Johnson. They have to clarify in person so that you know you're not going to watch, you know, one of those moving picture shows. Glenn Miller Orchestra. I'm a big fan of the Glenn Miller Orchestra, actually. So you're jealous you want to be at this concert I in wish. 1960? Very, very bottom letters. The world-famous diving horse. <laughs> Indeed, I did see that. You know what's above that, though? Hmm. The Ed Hurst record hop. And was Ed Hurst the guy who did that summertime on the pier show? I don't remember. He was. 
Okay. I just checked in the old show notes. He 100% was. So Ed Hurst. <laughs> now, do for a win legend, Ed Hurst. That's right. He's no uh, Geeter with the heater or whatever, but... I'm told we have to be very careful about what we say about the Geeter with the heater. Hmm. That's what I'm told. Okay. So maybe I shouldn't have even said that. I take it back then. You said Ed Hurst is no Geeter with the heater. <laughs> That's completely complimentary. So I think the main thing that we are going to be talking about today is I went to Atlantic City. Solo Atlantic City. I mean, it wasn't solo. What? You went with somebody? I went with my wife. Yes. Did you really? Oh, I didn't know that. You never asked if I was solo or not. That's true. I just assumed you just went on your own. I never even considered for a second that you would have gone with your wife. In your defense, I would do that sometime, but I would yeah. do it during the week, I think, if I would do that. I wouldn't go on a weekend day. That's kind of not that nice to my wife, I think. And she likes the casinos. I should have, yeah. you know, had some <laughs> inkling that maybe she would have gone. So how did that go? Pretty good. I guess we could jump into my trip report where did you stay i think we know where you stayed yes i stayed at the borgata whose room i had gotten a few months ago because it was available 100 um, percent free well except for the resort fees. except for the resort fees very reasonable resort fees it must be said compared to the rest of atlantic city but yes i'll give you a hint my room was not free by the end because of charges to it but uh yeah let's jump into it I told you a couple days before that I was planning on going to Atlantic City, though you did not ask with whom then. Correct. <laughs> but I said I didn't know about that because they were announcing that they thought a lot of roads were going to be closing and everything on Friday, which it turns out they were right. I don't know how it was up there, or I actually haven't even seen that much about Atlantic City, though I'm sure it was awful. It flooded. But I know in Baltimore, it was like... The whole city was flood, like parts of Baltimore that never flood were like horrifically flooded on Friday. Well, so. I think Atlantic City floods like Hoboken, Atlantic City floods like all the time. Yeah, two inches of rain. So, mm -hmm. so I didn't actually know, and then all the schools like ended up canceling on Friday, including yours. PG County got out early. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we drove up. The drive was absolutely horrible because uh. of all the rain and the wind and everything. I actually took the AC Expressway, which I don't know if people know, but I never take the AC Expressway. I almost always take Route 40 until I reach the AC Expressway at like exit 11 or whatever. But I was afraid that roads were just going to be closed randomly because of the conditions. So I figured AC Expressway would be a bit more reliable. And let me tell you, even driving into the AC Expressway, like at the end, when you're surrounded by the bays on both sides, like it was pretty high i think another couple feet and the ac expressway would have been flooded too it was wow. not a good situation but you made it but we made it got to borg i don't know kind of late afternoon probably like 4 or 4 30 something like that checked in they put us on the 39th floor i know i sent you a picture of an angry looking atlantic city <laughs> room was nice just a normal generic borgata room but as we've talked about many times it was very nice we went downstairs after we checked in and everything and made a reservation for Izakaya is what we wanted. We walked around to look at the restaurant options and, you know, kind of gave my wife the choice of where she wanted to go to dinner, assuming we could get a reservation and she wanted Japanese, which is not a surprise at all to me. So we tried to make a reservation for seven. They said they were booked, but they had 645, which was totally fine. Oh, that was 15 minutes. I know. And whatever. We're old. We like eating early anyway. So it's totally fine. So after we made a reservation, we went and just played blackjack for a couple hours, which was perfectly fun. And I mean, we'll get to this in a bit, but I got to do a lot of stuff I don't usually do because it was stuff you don't really like and like I would do on my own. But we played a lot of blackjack and a lot of pie gal poker, which was good. It was a nice change of pace for me. Reminded me of older trips in some way. Yeah, it's weird. I haven't done either of those things in a very long time. I mean, I don't love blackjack, but I do like pie gal poker. 
Yeah. You never take me to play Pygo Poker, Kyle. I know, I'm not as nice. So anyway, <laughs> we played Blackjack for a couple hours, and then I, I think we were probably just about even or so. I think we were almost exactly even. And then we went to dinner at Izakaya. So... I actually, I know you go a lot. I have never been no, to Izakaya. I've only been once, but I really, really liked it. Oh, really? I thought you've... I just talk like about s- it so much. Semi-frequently. No, no, I've only been once. I just talk about it so much that, uh, you know, because I really loved it. So anyway, we went and we ended up getting an appetizer and nine pieces of the uh, robata yaki, which is like the grilled meat. And three sushi rolls and a couple desserts and some drinks. I thought it was okay. The best meal you've ever eaten. I think that the robotayaki, the like grilled meat, was very, very good. The sushi and the app and the desserts were okay. Mm. I think by and large it was like pretty expensive for what it was, in my opinion. Okay, that, that's believable. I haven't been in years, so. So for the two of us, my wife had two glasses of wine and I had one beer and it was like 180 total to get out of there for us. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. I mean, it was good. It was good. The grilled meat was was definitely good. It was my favorite thing there for sure. It was okay. It was not as good, I think, as I was led to believe by you. I also thought you had been a lot more than once. No, maybe it's just gone downhill. It was fine. I mean, it was like unoffensive. It just wasn't worth the money, I don't think. I think the big thing that we did is we ordered a bunch of the sort of weird fusion-y type stuff. So we didn't Mm -hmm. get, you know, like regular rolls we got there's some sort of like cheesesteak bun or something you know Mm. stuff that was more out there and interesting than the standard japanese stuff so after dinner i actually played a little bit of slots i had 80 dollars of slot credit that i was eventually able to get off my card though much like last time i went at first i just could not get it off and so i went to the player's desk and they're like oh no it's definitely on your card just like try harder or whatever i hate when you can't get it off and uh Anyway, I eventually was able to put my $80 into a machine and lose it all pretty quickly, as I wanted to do. That's what free slot plays for. And then I put a $100 bill into video poker and also lost that quite quickly. And while I was doing that, my wife was playing roulette and also lost $100 pretty quickly. So, <laughs> All these things sound par for the course. Yes, yes. So then after that, basically all we ended up doing was probably for three hours or something... Just playing Pai Gao Poker for the rest of the night. Drink and push and drink and push, as they say on The Better Life. Yeah, I mean, my wife definitely had plenty of wine, and I had plenty of Miller Lite, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we won a bit of money at Pai Gao and had a generally pretty good time. It's been a long time since I played Pai Gao Poker, and I, I definitely far prefer tiles, like far, far prefer yeah. tiles. But, you know, for what it was and for hanging out with my wife, I think it was good. So you didn't turn your trip luck around, your gambling luck, unless you had a massive win that we've yet to hear about. I said we won a little bit in, in Pi Gal Poker. We're, we're right now probably just about even. Oh, that's pretty good. Because we were down 200 from Video Poker and Roulette, but probably up one or 200 from Pi Gal. Maybe up 150, something like that. So maybe just down a little at this point. And down 180 and absolutely terrible Izakaya food. Yeah, that's, that's true. We did not break <laughs> even on that. So... <laughs> The next day, my wife had a massage scheduled, which was also very expensive. I think even more expensive than Izakaya. So, <laughs> wow. I guess that's not. I mean, that's not that shocking, but yeah. Yeah, I think all in with tip and everything, it was it was a bit more significantly more than the resort spa. Yes, yes, the resort spa where it's like ninety five dollars. It definitely was about double that. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like one eighty before tip and everything. So it was like yeah. two ten or two twenty or something when she got out of there. So anyway, she did that for like 
two or three hours, I went downstairs and only played Pygo Tiles during this. <laughs> you had to get in your Pygo Tiles. Which is I smart. did. I mean, $20 Pygo Tiles was a $20 table? $20 table. Amazing. played pretty much $20 the whole time, and it was just wonderful. Yellow chips are the greatest. It is very nice. One of the best things in Atlantic City, I think. $1 commission. Yellow chips at Borgata. Also, it's just like all the dealers and stuff there, I know we've said this before, are like so pleasant and... It's just like a nice place to play. It's not as nice as the Asia Room at Hard Rock, but maybe the experience as a whole is probably a little better. All in, I think. Yeah, I actually sort of like that the Asian games are just in the main casino, just for sort of a change of pace. Because I play so few table games other than the Asian games that I almost never even am even playing on the main casino floor tables. I'm playing a lot of slots and machines. I guess I'm almost exclusively a machine player at this point anyway. But yeah, I kind of like it, the setup at Borgata. I mean, it helps a ton, like you said, that the dealers are amazing. Yep. So anyway, I did that. And then at the last possible second, like 10 minutes before we were supposed to check out, I ran back upstairs and took a shower and checked out. Got more money, ran back downstairs, (laughs) put it all in black. So no, I was up a bit in tiles. So actually, I think I was actually up this trip. Amazing. I know. Combo breaker. Up like $150 or something, something like so minimal, but it was nice. Because of the games I played, it was a bit slower paced, I think, than usual, like Blackjack and Pygal pretty much the whole time and basically nothing else. So Yeah, sometimes, especially when you've had a run of like, you know, five or six or more losing casino trips in a row, just a reminder that it is possible to leave even or up a little bit yeah. <laughs> is nice. I feel this, even within a trip, I feel like there's times where it's like, I need to just leave a machine with more money than I put in just to know that it's possible to do. And then of course, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll just stop when I'm back to even. And I'm like, oh, I lost all my money. All right. So anyway, we, we checked out after that and just dropped our stuff at the car and decided we wanted to go play a little bit more blackjack before we leave. And this is where I think, especially for my wife, the trip took a bit of a turn. And this is really what I want to talk to you about, because I think you will see this situation I'm about to describe in much the same way that she saw it, which was extremely negatively. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So the whole weekend, we've been both playing on my card, right? Because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever for my wife to have her own card. <laughs> right. Agreed at this point? Yes, obviously. Okay. So Borgata has a rule now, which I don't believe that they had in the past, that if you do not have a player's card, you are flat bet at the minimum bet, no matter what. That's weird. At Blackjack. If you do not give them a player's card, you are flat bet at table minimum, period. Wow. It's even written on like the little plaque by the thing now. I mean, I guess for like, I would guess most players who sit down are just betting the minimum anyway. I don't think so at all. I think that's not the case. I think most people just like randomly spread between minimum and like, you know, minimum times three or minimum times 10 mm-hmm. or whatever, just like completely at random. I, I don't agree with what you said at all. Okay. We'll take a poll. We won't take a poll. So anyway. We go and sit down at this other table, and we give them my card, we cash in, and the dealer that's at the table went out of her way to be like, "You, we need a card from you, or whatever, or like, you know, you're going to get flat bet. I was like, so like, can we not both get rated on my card? Basically, they ended up being like, yeah, we can reach you, or whatever, but like, your wife's going to be flat bet. But like, I didn't really think about it too much at the time, but most normies have no idea what you're talking about when you're talking about like flat betting a table minimum. Right, yeah. So uh, I don't think, like, the situation was explained very well to her, and, like, I certainly didn't care about this rule because it made no sense on any axis that I could think of. So, yeah, whatever. Like, we played there for a while. My wife was just betting the minimum sort of by chance, I guess, and then this dealer went went on break, and when the new dealer came to replace her when she went on break, she made a big deal out of explaining that my wife's flat bet, but again, like, no one knew what that meant. 
so anyway, my wife started spreading a crazy spread between ten and fifteen dollars for the ten dollar <laughs> table. This new dealer did the appropriate thing, which was give zero shits about the situation, which is the only right thing to do. Yes. Ten to fifteen, yeah, you're fine. So we were playing for a while, everything was going well. I was like, oh, we need to leave soon because we had to go pick the kids up from my parents' house because we said we'd be there at a certain time, and my wife's like, let's play a little more. So original dealer comes back. My wife somehow at some point get, has a $15 bet out there and original dealer is like what the hell has happened like I've told you you're flat bet a table minimum you can't do that and is pretty aggressive about it like this was obviously someone who really really likes the rules because she's the one that called it out in the first place yeah. that she didn't have a card and so I think at that point my wife is like fairly flustered sure. and like is like oh, okay whatever whatever and goes to try to take her bet back after one card had come out which made this dealer even more agitated it's like you could never touch your bet in the middle of a deal you can't touch your bet once cards are out and so at that point, my wife was livid and, like, incredibly pissed off. I was arguing with the woman, and I don't really mind getting yelled at too much. <laughs> but my wife is like, okay, we've got to go now, basically. Yeah. And then we left. Soured the whole trip. For my wife, I think it legitimately did sour the whole trip. I think it soured her Borgata experience as a whole. I know for you, like, I think in a way, probably more than me, maybe you can understand, because I know, I think you've had basically no desire to go back to Harris since your bad situation <laughs> there. I don't know if that's exactly how my wife feels, but I know it was a very, very bad experience for her in a way that I don't really care about being yelled at a table. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like this is something that could happen to me. I mean, not now, because I would know what <laughs> they mean by flat bit, but... Right. Certainly when I first started going to a casino, and your wife's, you know, gambled a decent right. amount. It's not like she never just goes to a casino. But the dealer is intimidating to begin with if you're not mm -hmm. used to playing table games. And so, obviously, ignoring that they just shouldn't care about 10 and $15 bets, it's ridiculous. Like, that's right. a ridiculous thing. We just complimented the Borgata's dealers, and then you throw this wrench right. into it. Uh, and now I hate all Borgata dealers. That's not true. But it's such an odd situation because the obviously right thing to do is if she notices the bet after she's already started dealing, just continue dealing the hand, right. finish it up, and then say, oh, just so you know, you know, it was 15 that time. That's fine. I didn't notice it right away. But from now on, it's just 10. No, she she came to a dead stop after she dealt my wife's first card, like a complete stop, and like called her out in front of the entire table, which was not appreciated. But yeah, I would be completely flustered. And the natural reaction to this is, I've done something you don't like. I will like, correct you. You want me right to bet now. ten dollars? Let me reach out and yeah. take five dollars off this, which is what she was trying to do. And then it like pushed the dealer like over the edge. I yeah. think. No, this is like my casino nightmare scenario. As someone who gets flustered easily and hates getting yelled at. I would, that would make me miserable. I agree completely. Like, I would be so annoyed. My wife was legitimately like, we have to leave right now. I can relate so much because I feel like that's something that would happen to me. And yeah, I can, I would hate it. I don't, I think Borgata has enough credit in the bank with me that I wouldn't just cut them off completely. Whereas right. Harris did not going into, <laughs> going mm -hmm. into the whole, you know, we saw a hand from 20 minutes ago and you owe us $25. But yeah, that, I, I would be really upset, especially to end a trip like that. Oof, that sucks here's the thing so like i was arguing with this dealer which probably didn't help the situation from my wife's perspective really because <laughs> i think she just wanted it to end right but sure. my point was like look if i'm playing two hands i can spread both hands all i want not only that i can spread on my bet all i want we obviously can talk about like what to do in hands because the whole time i'm telling my wife what to do with her hand yeah. 
So this rule makes no sense whatsoever. And like, she's happy probably to give you her ID if you really insist, but it makes no sense for her to ever get a player's card when we're together because she doesn't go to the casino enough. Like, I'm not sure exactly what Borgata wants. And I have to assume, like I said, this rule was written on all of the boards in the Borg that if you do not give a card, you are flatbed at table minimum, period. So my assumption is what they're trying to stop is, you know, like people playing as teams and somebody coming in with account and betting right spreading crazy huge bets but 10 to 15 dollars man like know the spirit no. of the rule I, and i, I and, mean yeah. i think i place all the blame on this one dealer who like i said you could tell some people just really love rules oh yeah are really offended when people don't follow the rules correct like you said i think from their perspective casinos are already like a very intimidating place for most people and like a lot of people won't go to a casino not because they just like gambling or whatever but they see it as intimidating and a lot of people that do go to the casino will never play table games and will play slots again because they see that as intimidating i think it's in the casino's best interest to make it as unintimidating as possible i'm sure borgata does prefer at some level their dealer should be enforcing rules that exist but there has to be some common sense and there has to be some amount of right way to do it and this was done in the right way i think a lot of people play video table games you know like video blackjack and video roulette because right. they're intimidated by the table games i thought this way back probably when we even before we started the podcast is if i was running a casino one of the biggest things i would want to trade the dealers to do is make it as unintimidating as possible right and that even goes so far as to you know if you're dealing blackjack and there are other people at the table giving people shit to shut it down like, you don't need other people at the table questioning some newbies' choices to hit or not hit, or, you know, in certain situations. Because if somebody's new to the table, it's going to be an immediate turnoff. They're never going to want to play again. And as a casino, you want new people who are interested in gambling to continue gambling. And, yeah, just – I remember once we went to Ocean, I think – I don't know if it was – like, my wife was standing too close to the table when people were playing, which, like, that's very rarely enforced when a table's empty. Mm -hmm. And the guy was just, like, stern about it. It was, sorry, it was Revel in like the Revel days where there were more dealers on the floor than players. And it's just like, why are you pushing this so hard? Like I, it, it was just, and similarly, like really soured my wife on, on Revel at the time. I don't think she was like, oh, I'll never go back. But yeah, this is, these kind of stories are just unbelievable to me. And it's just, I think you're right. It's like the rules and these people, like you're a worker, you know, the rules, you know that you have to enforce the rules, but. Something there's some disconnect about the very literal rules versus what the spirit of it is because I guarantee you Borgata does not care about your wife playing fifteen dollars no. instead of ten dollars. No, definitely not. And like I said, the one dealer didn't care at all, and like I also didn't care at all, even though I knew that she was technically breaking the rules, but I didn't expect this to happen. So yeah, yeah, it's very odd. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, not to just repeat, but it's so weird because you could have just played two handed while she sat there doing nothing, like right, doing nothing. She could have sat in that seat, and I could have played two handed, and I could have spread. Like yeah. it doesn't make any difference from the casino's perspective. Literal zero. Yeah, that's weird. To like me. we've admitted that we're together at this point. So <laughs> right, because like if if you're trying to avoid the counter, like right, they would you'd very clearly be trying not to look together. And again, obviously, you can tell the other person what to do because I was telling my wife what to do with her hand like the entire time. So it You're makes like the counts very high. The rule is so. stupid. Like all I can assume is maybe they got burned pretty badly by some I'm sort sure. of counting team or something. And that's why they decided they had to do this. Well, but. maybe. But I feel like there are a lot of times where rules like this get put in place, not because something has actually happened, but because someone has this idea that theoretically something could happen. <laughs> 
I I don't know though because I mean it's not like this new idea that just came out that it's possible to do this. So random example like our building has a shuttle that takes you to the train station to go into the city. And at some point people got it in their heads that people not from the building were taking the shuttle and that's why they had to wait at the pass station at you know the peak of rush hour. Not just that there are hundreds of people in our building and they all happen to get home between 5:30 and 6. And so the way that they tried to stop this thing that was not actually an issue was to institute a fingerprint scanner in the bus or you had to have a key fob. And so you had to go like pay for this key fob or get your fingerprints scanned by the building. And it was just like this whole ridiculous process. And then the amount of people on the shuttle did not change at all. So all you've done is like go through this incredibly expensive process and create a rule and make it a big pain for everyone. Oh, maybe you stopped like one or two people from getting on the shuttle and made it really annoying for your driver's staff to enforce this thing. So I feel like that sort of thing happens. I mean, condos are probably rife with this kind of bullshit, but casinos maybe too. No, I I don't disagree. Anyway, I mean, I think that was our trip. I, I think it was a pretty nice trip. I was pretty happy with it. Like I said, I think my wife's last impression of it was pretty negative, but we'll see what happens over the next kind of weeks and, and months and stuff. This is the kind of thing that probably is going to fade somewhat quickly, but... Yeah, I would think. It was unnecessary, I guess, from the progress perspective. Like, it didn't need to happen that way. So is she just, like, fuming the whole drive home? She's like... She was pretty pissed off. Uh, I mean, I, I think even if I talk to her about it now, she'll probably be fine. I mean, I think this sort of thing goes away fairly quickly, yeah. but yeah, I'm not sure. It did definitely sour the trip for her. That sucks. Sorry to hear that, but I'm... Yeah. Otherwise, like, she was having fun up to that oh, point. Oh, yeah, no, we had a... It was really a great trip before that, so... Yeah, then I'm sure that, it, like, you know... Yeah. In, in a few weeks, it'll be remembering the good stuff and just kind of like laughing off the annoyingness of the... Next time we go back to Atlantic City, I don't know if we'll be staying in Borgata. That's the only thing it might change. Yeah. So, Are you high on Borgata despite that? It's very nice. It must be said. I mean, I think dinner was like okay for what we paid. Again, I think by and large, the gambling experience is, despite this bad experience, pretty good there. I think they definitely have always been very generous in terms of match play, slot play, etc., the resort fees among all resort fees in Atlantic City are the most reasonable, maybe, or yeah. like second to most reasonable. The rooms are super nice. Room not showing anywhere because I heard some. Rep- I think the people were saying the water club rooms were getting a no, little. No, we were in a just an original room and it was very nice. Yeah, it wasn't showing anywhere. Nice, it looked nice. Cool, good to hear. I'm very jealous that you got to go. If I was going by myself, I still would probably prefer resorts, maybe, but. Borgata is very nice. There are people listening to this whose minds are just totally blown. <laughs> they thought maybe you were going to say ocean, maybe no. hard rock, resorts over Borg. Resorts. I think if I was going solo, it's so tough because I want to be on the boardwalk. Like, right. It's that I really value the boardwalk and I really do not care about the room at all because mm-hmm. the room is just, it's day and night between Borgata and resorts. No question about it. But I just don't, I don't value that at all. Yeah, I think for me, I'd probably pick Borgata because it's like, oh, yeah, I'm staying at Borgata. I like that. That's awesome. And I do sort of like to lounge around in the room in the morning and relax mm-hmm. and like pop back up to the room here and there for my various bathroom needs. And uh, <laughs> so I need a really nice bathroom. So the resort stuff have two bathrooms. The bathroom is very nice in pork, too. The shower was really spectacular and skin tearing pressure, which is exactly <laughs> what I want in a hotel. Yeah. Like, tear the skin off my body <laughs> in one big piece of... <laughs> and it did. It was good. You're like Inside Out Boy from uh, yeah, the old pretty much. Nickelodeon kid who went over the swing. 
there are like eight people. You have to be a very specific age. Yeah, you have to be exactly 38 like us, I think. If you have not turned 38 in the last six months. So that was the trip report. And uh, we have bad news for you all. Just the worst possible news that I, because I'm a slacker, did not watch Boardwalk Empire. So no Boardwalk Empire this episode. Should we replace that time with this news or should we save this news for another episode? Let's save it. I think in two weeks there won't be too much to talk about. Probably true. We can talk about how naughty Bally's has been and some other stuff. So They're getting flamed on Twitter. They're probably not getting flamed enough on Twitter, but... They deserve it. They got the infamous angry face from You Can Bet On That. We shan't spoil what's happened. No. You'll have to come back in two weeks and join us if you Don't want Don't go to. looking for it. You have to wait for us to yes. talk about it. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for a win.com. Reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig some questions to do for a win at gmail.com. And perhaps we will even read them on air. I put the last episode on YouTube. Yeah, it had like 20 views last time I checked or something. It was good. Yeah, something like that. I mean, what's the view time though? Yeah, I, I can't, I don't know, but I, I think it's just that I've been watching a bunch more YouTube channels, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, I should just do this and see if it gets any views. I don't know if I'll ever do anything else with the YouTube channel, but it seems no, like... No, I doubt it. I mean, maybe if we ever do a video or something, that is obviously where it would go, but it seems unlikely that we'll do that. Livestream wins lots on the YouTube channel. Just for the people who have not been with us that long, we did used to, well, once had a periscope of us walking down the boardwalk but <laughs> unfortunately periscope is long since defunct so i think that video has disappeared into the ether yeah so on youtube if you want to live stream from your phone you have uh-huh. to have a thousand subscribers we have like 23 subscribers so i don't think mm-hmm. we're gonna get there. all right people this is on you yeah so if you want us to do the pompsy style <laughs> walking down the boardwalk live stream which he did that actually in atlantic city pompsy's a vegas vlogger very good if you want us to be able to do that, you got to go subscribe to YouTube. Or if you want to see live win slots, you probably actually would get kicked off of win slots if you live streamed it. Why? Probably like you can't live, live stream win slots. I don't know. Why? There are all sorts of rules. That makes no sense. Why wouldn't they want to advertise it? That's, I don't know. I haven't looked at the rules. I just That's, assumed they would frown oh. upon it. No, it seems like the stupidest thing. I'm just going to put uh, my Vegas up in the background and ha- and have it like screen capping it. And directly feeding onto YouTube so that everybody can see, you know. Anyway, thank you guys very much for listening. Glad we could give you all an unexpected trip report. You didn't tweet at all from your trip. I was waiting for an update. I kept tweeting you where I was and everything. I thought you would be the one that was... I don't I don't have Twitter on my phone, man. Oh, uh, terrible. You're, I, I, didn't last... even, I did not even bring a laptop. I think your last tweet that was not a reply to someone was, what do I do now? Oh, yes, after, in 2009. That you is got true. back from your bike trip. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have done it on my Twitter. That's fair. I still don't have Twitter on my phone, though. That's so. what I mean. I was I was looking at Kyle Askin waiting for oh. an update and got no. No, it's, I don't know why you were expecting that. Yeah, disappointing. Anyway, thank you all very much. We'll talk to you soon. It's just so good. Like, everything about this is fantastic. It's good. It makes me so sad that the James' saltwater taffy doesn't look like this anymore.
the funny thing is like it was 1960 so this was already probably pretty like run down and shitty yeah like atlantic city was like a <laughs> shithole in 1960 yeah. right like really this was like starting probably like yeah. the 15 worst years of like super shitty atlantic city yes yeah i bet the 1970 boardwalk picture is going to be like mm, that's bad <laughs> but mm, look at the shelburne just the the writing on it that says shelburne is really what makes it looks bad looks it looks real bad I mean, it looks better than the Claridge, to be honest, but... That's true. <laughs> it's the Claridge a looks rough. The Claridge looks like, yeah, the whole Claridge was just, like, left behind a dresser <laughs> for, like, ten years. And, and then, then they... someone's like, oh, shit, look at this. Oh, it's Claridge. This is good stuff. Gotta use this. Yeah. 